Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great... Uh, welcome back to the Magic Pisces Podcast. That intro and extra music, by the way, is the God Song, a song I wrote uh, about six or seven years ago, and the, uh, the, the first line, before the ayahuasca, and um, it was actually not... Ayahuasca came along... Um, several a few years into my spiritual journey I was about three years sober when I started uh, working with the medicine I don't I don't mean to make fun of all ayahuasca people but the medicine I'm being I'm being completely sacrilegious or uh, yeah sacrilegious or I'm making fun of the sacred medicine no Um, honestly ayahuasca uh, saved it didn't save my life it completely and totally transformed my entire existence. I wasn't planning on talking about ayahuasca, but why the hell not? Um, Yeah, ayahuasca is a very powerful medicine. um, And, you know, although I I like to make fun of the ayahuasca people, um, I used to be an ayahuasca person. um, And uh, my whole life in San Diego, I owe to my work with ayahuasca. Um, I got into it, as I said, at three years sober, I met a person at a sweat lodge who introduced me to another person, um, you know, a shaman in Chicago. And I went and I did my first ceremony in, on the South side of Chicago, actually in this little shit neighborhood called little village, which is just like ghetto straight up. It's like, not like South side, like deep South side, like where the gang violence is. Um, but, uh, not a very nice place. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um. I wouldn't necessarily recommend visiting there. You might want to, uh, for whatever reason, maybe get some tacos or something. But anyway, um, yeah, I did my first ceremony uh, there with a doctor and my neighbor, and um, it was just the three of us, and that was my introduction. And I did about, I don't know, 17 or 18 ceremonies over the course of, I want to maybe like 12, 14 months, something like that, maybe maybe two and a half years, maybe less than that. I'm not sure exactly, but um, it really um, introduced me uh, to the reality that I now embody. Um, it, it introduced me um, to uh, the phenomenon that I currently exist at, or it was the doorway into the phenomenon that uh, my life is that makes sense. Um, and the way that went down was I had been, I, I just quit my corporate gig. I just, um, one day was just like, you know what? I'm done with this. Cause I was sick of, I was sick of reporting to Pete. <laughs> I was sick of having to tell Pete about what was in my pipeline. Now I really liked Pete. Pete was a good dude. He really was. I thought we had a pretty good working relationship. I showed up at that job. I did my best. I made my calls. I booked my appointments. I sold my software. Um, but you know, it's kind of like, who wants to answer to a dude named Pete? Nobody wakes, nobody, nobody says I want to answer to a dude named Pete when I grow up. (laughs) So I'm going to actually send this to Pete, uh, just for kicks anyway. But, uh, I got into, uh, I quit that job one day just to, uh, um, just in sort of a flash of inspiration as the result of, uh, I went to a sweat lodge ceremony, um, on like a Saturday night in Deerfield, Illinois, and then, um, and then, like, I asked the spirit, I asked God, I asked the universe um, if, uh, 
if uh, I should quit the job, right? Like, give me the guidance that I need, Great Spirit, and let me, let me know if I should quit this job. And about three days later, it was like a Wednesday afternoon at like 1 o'clock, it just hit me like a thunderbolt, like, quit the job, quit. And I just quit. I just, like, went into Pete's office and was like, Pete, I quit. And he's like, what? Because I was actually a good worker, you know? I was actually, like, a really reliable employee. Um, and uh, that was it. I never looked back. And then I did my first ayahuasca ceremony, I want to say, about uh, two weeks later, if that. I did my first one, and then I did my second one in June, and, and it just went from there. And and uh, the thing about it was is I, I had, like, a bunch of money in savings. I had, like, $20,000 saved from work and, and was doing very well at the, the job. Uh, the company was called Avpoint, selling SharePoint infrastructure management solutions. Sounds really fun. A Microsoft Gold certified partner. But uh, anyway, it was just like, fuck this. I'm done. And let's go do some ayahuasca. And uh, over the course of the summer of 2010, I, I journeyed very deeply several times. And then uh, I think I was done with it in October 2012 or 2011. It was maybe just under two years. I, I can't recall exactly. It doesn't really matter. But um, it was as a result of me working with that medicine that um, I was kind of, I, I was I was seeking to discover what my purpose on the planet was because I always, I'd always knew that I'm here for a reason and um, and it wasn't to sell software. And I'd come through so much with my, you know, my addiction battle that I was like, there's so much more, uh, there's so much more to this game called life, this experience of life. There's so much more to it. And so I started journeying with Aya, and then um, there I go referring to it in the third person. See, so I actually am an ayahuasca medicine. I actually am one of those people that I'm making fun of. If I tried to do the J.P. Sears thing, I would. Uh, everybody would just think I was an asshole. I've, I'm like a little too punk rock. J.P. Sears managed to pulls it, manages to pull it off. I uh, I can't quite pull it off. I'm just a little more whatever. But anyway, enough about me even though I'm going to continue talking about myself. So that, um, that, uh, that medicine, it really led me to um, what it is my purpose on the planet is, and that is to support people in raising their consciousness vibration um, and, you know, less of a new age way and more of like a punk rock way. And the new, the new cover art uh, for Magic Pisces podcast is Rebel Ontology Higher Consciousness. Right. And so we all want to be ontologically rebellious. How are you being? What's the how are you being today? Right. So I like I went surfing this morning. Uh, I want to be a little gnarly. Right. So being is a fascinating concept to wrap your head around again, as I talked about in the episode yesterday. But um, I started um, getting really clear that I'm here to help people, that I'm here to heal people, that I'm here to serve people. And and, you know, after several ceremonies, it was like, okay, I get it, because I was having these crazy encounters with these divine, angelic beings. These, like, spiritual spirits would come in, and it was completely tripped out when I would have experiences with these angelic beings. It was terrifying at first, and then it got more comfortable. It was always a little unsettling, though. They would come into my experience in these ceremonies. Uh, these spirits would approach me, and they would basically say, uh, you're actually one of us. You're just here doing the little Dave mission now, and when you're done with the Dave mission, you'll come home. Right. So figure out what the Dave mission is. So I'm like, great. You know, I'm on a mission from God. Like, but this is where uh, the ayahuasca can kind of fuck with you because that can really go to your head. It really went to my ego. It made me think I was some sort of like, you know, super being avatar, 
whatever. And that you'll find that a lot when people start taking ayahuasca, they'll start to think they're really, really special. I'm really special because I did ayahuasca. And I get to make fun of them because I was one of them, right? Ayahuasca showed me so much more than you'll ever see, you little peon of consciousness. That's kind of what happens when people start fucking with ayahuasca. <laughs> they get incredibly self-righteous. It's hilarious. Um, and I was like the worst one. I was, that's why I'm allowed to completely bash them because I was the worst one. And I can see it from a mile away, right? Um, and it... It, uh, it started actually in the long run, really pulling me away from the, my very powerful spiritual foundation, you know, the 12 step, uh, the 12 step foundation that I had. And I'm not going to go too deeply into that to respect the anonymity of those programs, but it, uh, it really, so, so I'm like, great. So I'm this angel being, I'm like this enlightened, whatever. So now what? And then probably about my 15th or 16th ceremony, the shaman, the shaman, shaman, it's my Chicago accent. Uh, coming out, the shaman sat me down and said, I found something I think you might really uh, like um, and might really resonate with you. And she pulled out a, a, um, a uh, booklet, like a, like, a, like a binder for this company um, called Accomplishment Coaching. And um, she said, I think you would be a good life coach. And I was kind of like, what's a life coach? I didn't even really know who Tony Robbins was at the time. I didn't really know what life coaching was. I never thought I would do that. Um, but I, I was open-minded about it and I went to a coach training observation that accomplishment coaching has, um, all over the country. Uh, I don't know if they do in, in the case of Corona, but I'm sure they're figuring something out. I don't know if they would want me talking about ayahuasca and accomplishment coaching in the same, <laughs> in the same, uh, podcast, but whatever. So, um, it was like what, when she asked me if I want to be a life coach, that was when I realized that, um, that was actually the, that was me, um, that was the practical application of the ceremonies. That was like, okay, these angels are coming to you, you're telling them, they're telling you that you're one of them, right? So don't go make yourself special and, you know, self-righteous and get a bunch of fancy beads and decorate yourself. What that means is uh, go become a life coach and like have a business around it. And that was when the real work began. That was when it's like, okay, I've got a job to do. Now I need to figure out how to like do business and, and book calls, which is really challenging for any coach. It's the reason most coaches never become successful. They don't book calls. Um, uh, like complimentary consultations and I had to kind of, now I'm finally getting into marketing it's almost 10 years later but I'm getting into like marketing which is sort of like what the Ma magic Pisces brand is all about but you know you had to the when you work with the medicine when you work with spirit medicine you really it's it's the application of the lessons that are shown to you in the ceremonies or presented to you or the visions that you have it's the application of those vi in, of those visions in um, three-dimensional reality that is the real spiritual work. It's not the, the hallucinations and the visions and the amazing experiences with the angels. That's more like a cult. Like, I don't mean a cult, like O-C-C-U-L-T. It's, it's, yeah, what I mean is O-C-C-U-L-T. That's more like kind of like occult stuff, right? You don't really know what's dancing around in the spirit world. You just don't, right? Um, and you're often told just trust it, but you don't necessarily want to trust everything that's out there. You don't know what their intentions are. Um, I get that from Hawkins. I refer to David Hawkins a lot, but, um, you know, he says, don't trust the astral regions really. Um, so anyway, uh, I believe most of the scriptures say that as well. Um, but, but, uh, the, it was the practical application of the spirit medicine journeys and, 
if you know what what does a divinely inspired helper being look like walking around in the world just like a life coach just like a surfer like a most coaches i know are just people right they're, they're and and most coaches i know really do elevate consciousness and in um, you know very specific ways, um, but I don't like to brand myself as some sort of spiritual, you know, spiritual coach or spiritual healing coach or whatever. It's just not my brand. It's not my. It's not my. It's not how I'm meant to express that. Um, a lot to do. A lot do, and that's fine. Um, but that was that was when the real spiritual work began. Was when it was time for me to build a business that. Um, revolved around me supporting people in stepping into their own higher consciousness from this rebellious place. What does rebel ontology mean? Uh, don't like your job? Fucking quit it. <laughs> don't be a sucker to the man anymore. That's rebel ontology, right? Not happy in a relationship? Fucking leave it, right? Fix it or leave it, right? But don't let those dynamics run your life and ruin your life. That's rebel ontology, right? And, um, and when you take on a proact like like a positive rebellion in regards to the universe, your consciousness in, in service ultimately of love, like um, it's all in service of love. But your consciousness vibration will rise, right? So um, when you quit that nine to five because you're sick of your boss Pete um, asking for his the reports by noon. Um, when 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 that's your way of being right and you're just kind of selling out right the and you know that you're that you're miserable in that position the responsible thing to do is to be is to rebel against that thing that you know your soul right doesn't want you settling for that's rebel ontology Right. And and you will elevate as the result of taking on new ways of being. And with me, it all started when I told Pete I didn't want to work at Avpoint anymore. Right. And got into ayahuasca and then um, and then applied the vi applied the lessons that the medicine was teaching me into my life. And when I applied the lessons and I became, you know, a moderately successful moderately that's my relationship to self i'm moderately successful when i became a moderately successful coach um i i had abs i had no need for the medicine i haven't touched that stuff in probably eight or nine years um and i don't know if i ever will again i don't feel any need for it i don't feel any calling uh to it i might talk more about it but i find uh it can be very dangerous i've seen a i've there are there are stories about people um, very strange things happening um, just in not in necessarily in the ceremonies, but strange things happen in people's lives when they get deeply involved with spirit medicine. Um, and I've seen a lot of people become completely blind uh, to what's going on in their lives and to what's going on around them and to what's going on in their relationships when they when they dive too deep. Um, and everybody else can see it but them, but they become very, very, very jaded. And in other words, they're they're seeing things very clearly, but what they're seeing clearly is not real. It's not true. And that was like, again, this was what was happening with me and all kinds of weird things started to happen in my life. Um, just very, very peculiar. I went through a very dark night in my soul. This is in 2011, 2012. Um, one of the most challenging times of my life really worked through a lot of stuff and it was in working through that stuff that sort of energetically vibrationally gave me permission to work with other people um to support them 
in what it is they're creating. And, you know, coaching, really, it's, it's about helping people create things. It's, you're helping someone create a whole new life, a whole new business, more money, a new relationship, getting out of a bad one into a good one, whatever that is, right? Um, however that looks. But it all started, um, you know, with the, uh, with the ayahuasca. And so that song, the God Song intro, before the ayahuasca, right, it goes into um, my, my battle with addiction and, and this burning bush white light experience that I had in the, um, the, my, my treatment center back room. Like I was all the way down at the end of a hall in this room in this treatment center, right, with this guy Scott snoring and farting across from me he's the most obnoxious dude ever to have as a roommate you know and uh and I had this white light burning bush sensation and uh experience rather and um accompanied by all sorts of sensations and uh that's the god song is written about that exact experience right and that's sort of what led me into this and onto the spiritual path um started with 12 steps it's still 12 steps um, but there was a little ayahuasca, like the people think the ayahuasca, um, work is, um, is spiritual. Um, it, it kind of is. They think that it's like a, a spiritual path. It's kind of a spiritual path. Um, it's more like a carnival that's happening off to the side of a spiritual path because spiritual paths are very simple very very simple david hawkins says straight and narrow is the path waste no time um and it's just it's very cut and dry it's just like love everyone always with absolutely no exceptions if you want to choose and uh, if you want to reach enlightenment just choose to love everyone and all things all sentient beings all the time no matter what and that you'll get to enlighten from from that simple of a thing from that simple of a of a decision um and the the spirit medicine stuff is really um like a like a journey like a carnival that's going on off the side of the path and the carnival's a lot of fun, but it's really easy to get caught up with the spiritual cotton candy and the spiritual ring toss and, you know, maybe the sexual stuff that goes on with it um, and all that. It's really fun to get caught on the Ferris wheel and all of that, um, all of those, uh, you know, sort of burning man type of spiritual uh, ways of being, which are also, you know, it's, there's definitely some rebel ontology going on there. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not really knocking it. Right. But, you know, I, I kind of call it burning man spirituality, which is really slick and really sexy and everybody's hot. And you know what I mean? And it's just like a great big fucking psychedelic orgy. And um, that's actually not spirituality. That's the carnival that's happening off to the side of the path. And when you get, um, you, you got to get back on the path after you visited the carnival and you have to apply the lessons. You have to integrate. That's the word that's been slipping my mind. You have to integrate the experiences into everyday life. Um, and that's the spiritual work. Maybe ayahuasca tells you to start a business to change the world. Well, don't do another ceremony until you start that business, right? Uh, maybe ayahuasca tells you that there's a conversation that you need to have with your partner, don't do another ceremony until you have that conversation. Um, so I wasn't planning on talking about ayahuasca at all, but it's good to get away from the corona. I went surfing today, uh, very interesting vibrations in the water. I was in the water at dark uh, right before dawn. Uh, there's three or four guys out there, plenty of social distancing, 
Um, I got in, I got my waves, and I got out. Um, there's a, I, there's there's just a fine line between civic responsibility um, and um, and needing to get you know need the and and the health that you get as a result of being outside and moving around and all that and basically though I'll be hunkered down for the rest of the rest of the day I've been um, I'm kind of surprised uh, at the the way I've been uh, conforming to this thing well, I got roommates too they're completely it, it, you have any idea what it's like living in a house with people who are constantly afraid that you're going to kill them because you got coronavirus from going to the gas station to get coffee it's it's a really it's a really trippy vibe i tell you what but they're they're cool you know everybody's just doing their thing so uh, i thank you very much for tuning in um if you're one of the people who's subscribed and listens um regularly listen to all the episodes i appreciate you uh caitlin thanks for uh the a review that you wrote that's amazing i'm honored and uh scott thanks so much for listening robin i think you've been tuning in shout out to you really appreciate you and uh everyone else so thanks to everyone i will talk to you soon bye god song one two three four Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening, there were demons disguised as angels in shiny foily packets containing China heroin. The cheapest vodka bottles, the filthy escapades, my morning hustle on the train. And the angels watching over me, the God that I could never see as I wandered alone through city streets. And the whores, the whores, the whores were my friends The hookers and the junkies and the other deviants They beat me to submission till I cast aside my demons And that's when It came shining through Dusty blinds in a dim lit room And I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the light It was that sweet, 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 the sweetest of surrenders Sweet, 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 the sweetest of surrenders Sweet, 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 the sweetest of surrenders Get it any way you can Get it any way you can And I don't need no motherfucking Bible to Show me the errors of my ways But may God bless you if you keep one by your bedside I hope it gets you to heaven one day I hope it gets you to heaven one day I hope it gets you to heaven one day And I ain't gonna argue with no atheist Because my truth is my truth is my truth is my truth is my truth and it came shining through dusty blinds in a dim lit room And I saw the light, I saw the light I saw the light, I saw the light It was that sweet, 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 the sweetest of surrenders